We've been speaking with Adam Steiner, who wrote the book Into the Never, Nine Inch Nails and the Creation of the Downward Spiral. We have Adam back talking a little bonus content for us. Welcome back, Adam. I'd like to ask you these three questions. Sure. Since it's all musicbooks.com, what are your three favorite music books or biographies? I actually found this question quite easy. I think I picked slightly weird books. The, the first one I would say is called Triptych. And a subtitle to that, I believe, is Three Aspects of the Manic Street Preachers, the Holy Bible album. And it's kind of the book that inspired me to write my book, which, you know, that may sound blasé, but like for me, it's really important and influential. It's a really clever book because it looks at another album um, from 1994. I talk about a lot in my book by a Welsh band who made this really artistically influential and unique project, which is this fiercely angry, misanthropic album that I think kind of stands as like the British parallel to the Downward Spiral. Musically, it's more like um, a sort of pseudo-industrial post-punk thing. So it's a, it's a really different sound, but Triptych is really cool because it has three authors and they each take a different aspect or a different approach to writing about the record. So it's a really interesting book really engaging and full of cool facts because the album's like packed with cultural references so yeah i'd recommend that to anyone who's even got the slightest interest in the manics or just just another really dense challenging music book (laughs) is there an easy one on your list uh yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i got some hits rip it up and start again um i believe that's by a chap called simon reynolds a really fast shooting history of post-punk so we always talk about punk and we talk about heavy metal and things like that and i think post-punk kind of gets overlooked as that crucial period between punk and then new wave and like synth pop and things like that in the early 80s it just looks at so many different really cool really influential bands that we're still hearing the sounds of today so obviously looking at people like public image limited who you know in many ways for me did so much more for music than the Sex Pistols actually did. But the Sex Pistols were the more lurid, cartoonish version. And Public Image was like Johnny Rotten working more as an artist. So, yeah, it's a really interesting, insightful, far-reaching book. Yeah, that's a good one. And the third one? third one's another bit of a curveball. Um, This is called uh, Wreckers of Civilization. So with another nod back to Nine Inch Nails, this book is a really thick, hefty, um, really well-written, well-researched account by a chap called Simon Ford of the band Throbbing Gristle. Um, and it looks more at the band as um, an ongoing artistic project. You know, I think largely um, managed by the chief, hmm, I was going to say leader, I would say like antagonist, um, <laughs> you know, Genesis P. Oridge, who recently left us, uh, and his like crazy mission to just challenge convention and live differently. And then make music but in a non-musical way it just happened to be recorded and obviously you can't underestimate the contribution of the other three band members who went on to do loads of other really cool interesting alternative music themselves the phrase records of civilization uh was a comment from a member a conservative of course member of parliament i believe around the late 70s relating to an art project at the institute of contemporary art in london that like two of the band members did and it was just completely shocking and very sexually graphic and involved menstrual blood and pooing and everything and then they made music after that and so like you know they they have like such a big influence um and the idea of them coining industrial music sort of debatable but this book is like a really amazing account of that and also 
it's really rare. It's really hard to get a hold of. It's just so hard to track down online. So I was really happy when I managed to find a, a secondhand copy that was um, legible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to guess that you also are a film guy. So how about music documentaries? Can you give me a couple of your favorites? Yeah, sure. Um, I really love, um, there's one, I think it's just called Joy Division. There's a lot of material out there about Joy Division. And there's a lot of really good books that cover different aspects of the band, like um, Touching From a Distance, which was written by uh, Ian Curtis' wife, Deborah. And then I think um, John Savage, legendary punk critic, did a book recently that's kind of like an oral history of the band. Because there's so much to say about them. They kind of like, you know, once again, go back to post-punk. They like gave so much to music and they're kind of like untouchable. Uh, and this documentary is really good because it looks at how the band started with actually like really normal, ordinary, plain beginnings. But it sets it all in the context of the, the changing face of Manchester from a bombed out city of World War Two to like somewhere that became really, really cool. And once again, massively musically influential except for, you know, Oasis. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, another great music documentary is Cracked Actor. Oh, this yeah. was a um, BBC omnibus special. Maybe that's a bit confusing for American listeners, but it's just this um, regular arts programme, um, still hosted by a guy called Alan Yentov. He's still bloody going. Uh, <laughs> from 1975, I believe it broadcast, and it captured Bowie at the key point of transition uh, artistically from his Philly soul kind of sound, young Americans into really coked out thin white dukes at the height of his addiction later to go into the Berlin period. So it was a real like changing point. And it was maybe like, is David Bowie just going to die and mm -hmm. <laughs> never be heard from again? And something of a footnote in history. Well, that was my favorite Bowie character is the thin white duke. I, those records... And going yeah. into the Berlin period as well are, are incredible. Yeah, yeah. Station to station is really mm. unique. Amazing. And I, I love the I love the later anecdote that Bowie sort of doesn't remember making it. <laughs> I think they knocked it together in two weeks. Pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the fact that he doesn't really have much recollection of it. Luckily, the documentary exists because <laughs> I think he sort of saw himself years later and felt so detached from whatever was going on back then. Mm. Um, it was a really weird you know, self-alienating experience. Yeah, do you know what? I couldn't actually think of another music documentary, which is really silly because there's so many good ones. But yeah, I'll leave it at two. I've, well, I've talked any. You know, we're asking all of our authors these questions, same questions for the bonus content. So if you want to tune in, I'm sure we're going to get some fascinating stuff. Um, <laughs> here, here's the tough one. Three albums. Sure. Um, these are not in order or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my God. Uh, yeah, so... I think um, a key one for me, um, we've spoken about a lot, would actually be Low by David Bowie. So back when I was a, a student, uh, like a sixth form student, so this is kind of like, you know, for us in the UK, leaving school, maybe going off to uni or not. So you're kind of like 16 to 18 sort of years. I was listening to Low because I was just sort of working my way through Bowie, starting with Ziggy Stardust, obviously. Mm -hmm. and just kind of going relatively chronologically yeah i just thought low was so cool and it was i thought it was actually a really fun interesting poppy funky album and then the ambient soundscape instrumentals just gave you something really escapist and really unique even you know within bowie's canon you know for example heroes follows it up and that's a really great album as well 
but no one ever says heroes. Maybe it's too obvious because it has the single on. But, you know, Sound and Vision was a big hit from Lowe. Right. And it remains one of his, like, most... It's one of his most enduring songs, you know. And then otherwise, uh, I would say the Holy Bible album by Manic Street Preachers, when I mentioned the book Triptych earlier. It's just, like, an amazing kind of anti-everything, um, once again, very nihilistic record. But what made the Manics a really great band was that they were working class guys from um, a former mining community in, in rural Wales who were basically self-educated, obviously like, extremely socialist. They were looking to pop cultural references and highly challenging um, intellectual material. And you just like don't really get that kind of stuff anymore. You know, bands are more likely to talk about where they bought their shoes or where their stylist bought their shoes <laughs> and how much the shoes cost and so on. I just love the fact that they're a band that reads and then they pass that on to their fans. But the music's exhilarating and challenging. Um, there's nothing quite like that album. All right. And uh, the third one, which is not number three, we'll call it the third choice. Indeed. Um, yeah, it's equally challenging. For this one, I, I went with um, an album by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, mm. once again, guitarist, because he's since rejoined, John Frusciante, um, one of his many, many solo records called To Record Only Water for 10 Days. And it's a really interesting, very lo-fi, I think kind of like electronic, electronic sort of folk album. So there's lots of like really slight, almost non-songs, but like they kind of come in and go out like without you noticing, which I really like. And they're very stripped back. There's a lot of like drum machines and stuff. So you get a sense of it being like him in a room um, with a, an eight track, maybe, <laughs> you know, just putting these songs together. And they kind of like look back on his years of addiction in which he was basically AWOL from the band and I would say normal life and certainly reality for like seven or eight years. And in his experience, which I totally respect, you know, having a lot of communion with spirit and hearing voices and things like that while he was like heavily addicted to heroin and abusing alcohol and lots of other things and so like it's a really amazing i think sort of like spiritualist awakening of an album from someone who you know you kind of feel should be dead or maybe did die um <laughs> i sound crazy now and then brought um you know brought these reflections back with him so it's yeah it's really like a perception mind-altering kind of record but it has like so much heart well those are some interesting choices on all fronts i hope our listeners out there will explore some of these things thank you adam steiner your book is into the never nine inch nails and the creation of the downward spiral it's been a fascinating talk and thanks again for your time cool thank you cheers if you enjoyed this teaser have a listen to the complete podcast episode on your favorite podcast provider. Please follow, subscribe, and share. And thanks for listening to All Music Podcasts, a member of Pantheon Media.